0: Welcome to a special AgCast Extra. Arkansas Farm Bureau's Jason Brown was on hand for the 28th annual Arkansas State University Agribusiness Conference in Jonesboro this week.
1: Okay, I'm here today with Chelsea Keyes, uh, Policy Director for the Senate Ag Republican staff. And uh, Chelsea just presented at the Arkansas State University Agribusiness Conference and uh, talked a lot about actually your, your entire uh, presentation was based on climate and sustainability uh policy in agriculture so one of the things that you discussed was this new usda program and i say new i mean we're just a week or so in uh, into this do you mind to just share uh with our listeners um sort of some of the basics around that program and and what they can you know how they can find a little bit more information
2: Certainly. appreciate that question, Jason. Um, I think we are still in fact-finding mode with regard to the Partnership for Climate Smart Commodities. I have to even refer to my notes to remember what the new name is because uh, there are a lot of different announcements related to climate-oriented production practices and different efforts underway at the Department of Agriculture to really uh, put a focus on that. But this new program that was rolled out last week, um, it's really sort of the carbon bank 2.0 concept. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something that is funded with the Commodity Credit Corporation, which are the funds, the, the pot of money that is utilized to pay for farm programs, for commodity programs, for crop insurance, for You know, dairy margin coverage for all the different farm bill programs that we have, they're funded out of that pot of money, and it's replenished every year. Um, At the end of this past fiscal year, there were several billion dollars that were unspent, and so the Secretary of Agriculture swept out those funds to use them for this new Climate Smart Partnership. Um, initiative, um, which is sort of a novel use of CCC funds because it's not something Congress directed.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so that is that is unique. Um, but Secretary Purdue did something similar when the MFP program was created. So we're we're very much in the beginning stages of this climate smart uh, commodities partnership program um, that's being rolled out. Applications for the first tranche of projects will be um, begin to be accepted in April. And those projects will be in the $5 million to $100 million range. So oh, wow. you think about a $100 million project and that this is a pilot project. <laughs> it's I, I think it's a little bit of an uh, oxymoron <laughs> um, because pilots generally aren't quite that um quite that large but a hundred million dollar pilot project i think what's really important for farmers and ranchers to to know is that they will be working with a partner organization or a group of partners that will um, submit the application for the grant and the farmers work in coordination with them but it's not the farmers themselves that are sort of leading this effort it's the partner um, umbrella groups that will be leading it and so If farmers and ranchers and foresters decide they want to engage, um, they want to implement practices that are climate oriented and and contribute to this process, I think it's something very important. uh, What will be very important is that they pay attention to the details. Mm -hmm. The partners that they're working with who are making the applications will be laying out all the parameters. and on the farmers to do the due diligence to know what's expected of them, to know what happens with their data. Is it something that's, um, that they're able to control or is it shared with the partners? Is it shared with USDA? I would assume it is, but know the, the parameters of that. I think it's also to know what is in it for you. Are you going to get some sort of a bonus payment for taking part in this program or are you simply relying on sort of that value added commodity that they hope to market and that will be um, how you will be compensated there are some important questions like that I think about you know what will be the true benefit for the the constituents the farmers and ranchers that will be important to get to the bottom too
1: yeah I think that's I love that you brought up some of these important questions I ask I think um, we talk to farmers sometimes and they don't even know what question where to start asking questions and, and data is one that comes up Pretty often, um, I think a lot of folks, you know, carbon markets are something that's been talked about a long time and a lot of folks just don't even, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around sure. sometimes, you know, um, but it, it does seem like the Wild West, are, th- are there, op- you know, are there, do you see potential opportunities or other, other, uh, I guess, obstacles that may be out there for a mm-hmm. program like this right now?
2: Well, as I was um, reading the program, I do see it as something that is building off of, frankly, the Growing Climate Solutions Act, where yeah. what we um, passed earlier this year or last year in the Senate. Um, and the goal of that bill was to bring about some um, sort of validity and a place that – producers could go to at the U.S. Department of Agriculture and find resources to better understand what would be expected of them in navigating and approaching these voluntary carbon markets, to find reliable, certified technical assistance professionals that can help them in implementing the practices, quantifying the benefits that they're producing. Um, And I think that you know those those aspects are very much uh, a part of this new partnership program. So I do see that there is, you know, there is a need for resources for farmers and ranchers, and I would say not just monetary resources, but technical resources, mm-hmm. um, and probably um, some. You know, thinking about this from a business plan perspective, one doesn't just go and. Um, purchase cover crop seed and put put the cover crop in the ground overnight you probably need to have equipment that allows you to do that you might need to be making changes to practices um, that you have long practiced. for example livestock grazing on corn stalks if you now forego that and produce a cover crop you know what do you do with your your livestock grazing needs so there's a lot of changes like that that I think are going to be important for farmers and ranchers to carefully weigh um, and to know the details of and have a strong understanding of before they just jump into the deep end of the pool.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And 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 even as I understand it, some of these car you know some of these carbon um, market participants, I'll say you know not on the grower side but on the buyer side, if mm-hmm. you will, uh, some of those folks ask for smaller more incremental changes Mm -hmm. and and i think it's important but some some of them don't you know Mm -hmm. i think it's important for farmers to understand what kind of changes uh, or production practices will Mm -hmm. will be required
2: certainly and i think another important thing to keep in mind with this program the partnership uh, program that was recently announced by secretary Vilsack, is to keep in mind about um, the time frame here these projects um, that they intend to fund will be Funded um, will be projects that last for a period of one to five years. And so beyond the life of that project, if if these funds are no longer available, um, or if you know they they decrease um, the amount of funding available, is it something that's um, viable for the farmer and rancher to carry forth? Um, Is it something that um, is economically viable without that support from the partner, without those those funds awarded under this program, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that this could be a one-year to five-year project and then potentially that could be it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we just don't know sort of where this is going, so I think about Doing that sort of business planning is, is yeah. going to be an important part of this as well.
1: No, that's a really great point. And, and hopefully these resources will come available and, and be there quickly uh, for farmers who are interested in this. And, um, you know, we always hope that it works out best for the for the farmers. So uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap up?
2: uh no i would say um you know i think this is definitely going to be part of the 2023 farm bill discussions um senator bozeman is very much um prioritizing um the the farmer perspective in all Mm -hmm. of this what do the farmers need um not so much what are the desires of some of the different um you know different groups that are involved in the discussion but Mm -hmm. what can What can um, assist farmers? What is a useful tool for them? What would be harmful to farmers? Um, And of course, we don't know yet if we will have any new funding available in this next Farm Bill, um, or if we will have to cut the amount of funds um, that are available to to work within this next Farm Bill. All of that remains to be seen. But um, I think putting farmers first in this process um, is something that that the Senate Republicans intend to do. um, recognize there's an interest in climate policy and how that um, interacts with agriculture policy um, but we can't forget that um, farmers and ranchers have to be able to sustain themselves on on the farm be economically sustainable in order for everybody to make um, these positive these positive changes
1: yeah and i'll add just to wrap us up the importance of uh, making sure farmers have a voice in those Mm -hmm. conversations as those decisions are made right so right Well, Chelsea, thank you so much. So insightful. I really appreciate it. Uh, You know, you breaking down under incredible speed, a really uh, complicated uh, conversation. And thank you so much for joining us.
2: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Just a quick reminder, members of Arkansas Farm Bureau can receive up to 20% off the best available rate at participating Wyndham Hotels and Resorts. Whether you're looking for an upscale hotel, an all-inclusive resort, or something smaller, they have the hotel for you. So start saving now. Visit www.arfb.com to learn more.
1: All right, it's Jason Brown with the Arkansas ICAST, and we are back uh, again from the Arkansas State University Agribusiness Conference in Jonesboro. Uh, this time we are catching up with Jim Wiesmeyer, uh, ag journalist from Pro Farmer and Farm Journal. Uh, Jim gave a great presentation today on uh, sort of the politics of agriculture and ag policy. And uh, Jim, if you wouldn't mind, just share with our, our, our especially our farmer listeners, uh, what are sort of three policy priorities or things to watch uh, this year?
3: Well, the first one overarching right now is the geopolitics in the world right now with mm-hmm. uh, Russia potentially invading Ukraine. Uh, that's a biggie. Because, why? Because Russia and Ukraine sell uh, China a lot of, uh, in the world, a lot of wheat, mm-hmm. uh, corn, and soybeans. So the market's reacting to that right now. Uh, Putin, as I said in my speech, is invading our mind right now we don't know which way he's going to go. But that's one to watch out. And the other one on geopolitics, is China. Their leader Xi Jinping has told, has said many times that he doesn't want another generation in China to have to deal with Taiwan. That they uh, say is 100% part of their country. If he were to take action uh, with Taiwan by the end of this calendar year, as some China watchers are signaling, that would be a major shift in the world between uh, China and Russia on one end, the United States and many of our Western allies on another, and that gets into all sorts of policy issues. Trade policy, how do you deal with them economically? Uh, Taiwan is around 70% where we buy our semiconductor chips. So major, major issue to watch.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. So we've got the geopolitical uh, sort of climate. What about anything? Well, I'll just ask. So we've got a lot of conversation going on about input costs, obviously. Yes. At every turn, we hear about that.
3: Well, it's the number one issue wherever Uh I go. And, And I've traveled more than a few states already the last two Two months, and uh, there's really not much short-term that Washington can do. I think it's tied in in a big way to the, the to the supply chain issues, uh, not only do, getting it here on the delivery. I think we're going to see that this spring. Mm-hmm. The government can take action. I've been told by the White House that they're looking at perhaps having the railroads prioritize the shipment of uh, you know fertilizers and deprioritize coal. That's, that's mm-hmm. That's one example. Whether or not Congress gets to a direct payment to temper some of the uh, price rise in fertilizer, I don't think that's likely, but it is being pushed by some. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is also part of, I remember in the late 70s and early 80s as a reporter that we really uh, regulated our fertilizer industry in the U.S. out of this country. So I think we're feeling uh, the consequences of that as well. Plus you have a number of big countries who are fertilizer suppliers, such as Russia, mm-hmm. putting a, uh, an embargo on exports of fertilizer until April. They want to make sure they have them themselves. And, and it's really affected rice growers. I know mm-hmm. your audience uh, knows that, but a lot of part of the country doesn't. Mm-hmm. They've seen a rapid appreciation in price for corn, soybeans, and cotton. So that is tempered. hasn't made up for all that uh, price rise in fertilizer and, and, mm-hmm. other, and other chemicals. But in the case of rice, rice hasn't had that rice uh, price run up Uh that the other commodities have had so I feel the pain going on in in rice country
1: yeah that's 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 uh, very evident here right now Um, do you have any do you have a third one maybe the third one
3: would always be a farm bill yeah uh, I, I see an extension to the current farm bill and the reason I say that is there's no consistent arguments going on in either case but the real reason is that uh, the House AG Committee is led by the Democrats right now mm-hmm. unless there's a major shocking surprise in November 8th elections high odds that the Republicans will regain control of the house mm-hmm. well if you're a member on the the House Ag Committee and you're Republican, you don't want to do too much work on a new farm bill, so I think that the sometime in 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 2013 that they'll just say uh, we need another uh, year to really survey of what's worked and what didn't work relative to the last of farm bill, and let's do it right. Let's hear from farmers in the regional uh, hearings that do take a long time and will happen, you know, yet this year. Right now, the hearings in the House Ag Committee they've had at least three of them. It's really looking ahead. They're haven't talked really that much about what's worked and what didn't work Mm -hmm. under the last farm bill. So Mm -hmm. those are, I I think, uh, high odds for an extension of the current farm bill. And that's not necessarily bad because if you don't have, you don't know how much money they'll have to spend on a new farm bill, uh, and with the $30 trillion debt for the country, that's going to get harder and harder to find more money for a farm bill.
1: Yeah. And just a point of reference, I think you uh, said 2013 extension but probably meant 2023.
3: <laughs> 2023. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Traveling I meant back 2023. In time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, November. Yeah, it November, eighth elections looks like the Republicans will regain the house. They're going to come very close in the Senate. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the experts tell me that they see a Republican uh control of the Senate by two seats, 52 to 48. Mm-hmm. But then well, the new Congress in 2023, uh if led by Republicans, they'll set the agenda and sure. i don't think they're want to move too fast on a farm bill. on a farm bill
1: understood last question is if an extension comes into play here is
3: that good for farmers is that i think well it's certainty at uh-huh. least they'll know what they're dealing with that's a great point yeah so i think that's not bad plus you a farm bill at the time it's debated and written, it depends on the economic atmosphere at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, we have high prices, really high prices for many commodities, not all. Uh, Right now, uh, that changes the budgetary aspect. So if by the end of the year, we have the top in the market in, you know, prices go down a lot lot faster than they go up, it could change the economic atmosphere. So Mm -hmm. that would, I'm not hoping for lower prices, but it just changes the atmosphere of what you put uh, in a farm bill. But any certainty I think is good for the farm sector, Well, what they know the rules they're gonna play with.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Jim, thank you so much for taking the time. I know uh, lots of great content left at the Business conference. So I will uh, that, let you get back to some of those sure. meetings and thank you very much. Okay.
3: Uh, Anytime.
0: That's it for this AgCast Extra. We'll be back tomorrow with our regular weekly Arkansas AgCast.